Good morning, Meat Suits. That music means one thing and one thing only. We have not yet replaced the theme music. Welcome back to Read It and Weep, Season 5, Kevin Bacon's Explicit Corpse. We wait, are wait, wait, wait. four... What? Exquisite. It's explicit. Wow, I did say explicit. That's so funny. Kevin That's Bacon's really Explicit up. Corpse. Um, very this different branding is going very oh, good. No. This, I love this where it's just like the on the fly reaper. Wait, I didn't look. I didn't t- talk to the guys about this, but now it's only <laughs> great news Kevin that you have nudes. to see Kevin Bacon naked. Kevin naked. Uh, um, we are just four friends who are playing a very long movie watching game, and we just want to get out alive. That's our only goal. Just make it back home. I'm your host, Alex Falcone, recording as always in North Koreatown, Los Angeles. I am joined. I'm a good buds. First up, he's at Anthony Lopez Part Two on Twitter. He's in Southeast Portland, and he's such a horn dog. He was he was actually having sex in the shower when I called him to do this podcast. He had to stop. It's Mr. Anthony Lopez. You know they they're saying this could be the worst disaster Read It and Weep has ever experienced, but with all due respect, gentlemen, I say it's gonna be a finest hour. <laughs> also joining us, he's at Hunbun on Letterboxd from the woods of Brooklyn, New York. He's uh he's drunk and he keeps covering up his camera with his thumb and then moving it away and then putting it back and then moving it away. I don't quite get it. Anyway, it's Hunter Donaldson. Hello, can you read me? Am <laughs> I coming through? Can Boop. you can you hear me? Yeah, all can the way from me? the moon. You can hear me, right? It's great to have you back. We're glad you're settled in Brooklyn. Yeah, I'm somewhat settled. I'm in an empty room with just stuff on the floor, and I feel very comfortable. It's so it's so fun to hang out with a streamer where you're like, man, I just don't have any of my furniture installed yet, but there is a light kit, a 4K camera, and a green screen already set up. It had <laughs> to be ready to go. That had to bed, the uh, air mattress on the floor, green screen up. We got to work. <laughs> also joining us around the panel in Northern California, he got the clap from play- peeing into the same tube as Anthony. It's Ezra Fox. It's another first for NASA. (laughs) Um, We're going to come back to that, of course, but uh, no evidence that that is true. Okay, so as always, we want to start by thanking all of our fabulous meat buddies who, despite us taking weeks off and producing no new content for you, continue some for some reason to donate to the show. Um, You can join them and get almost nothing in return by going to Metreon.com. And we really appreciate everybody who wastes their money on the show. That part of the branding my, has stayed. My favorite thing about um, about the break is that we somehow made it a worse deal to support us. Like, I didn't think that was possible. <laughs> oh, yeah. We could always do fewer podcasts for the same amount of money. I, I yeah, that's bottom for value, I mean, but no. Guys, would we actually get more money if we offered that as a tier? Like, if you pay we won't do one this <laughs> much. If enough people pay this much, we will stop doing... Every fourth episode. Actually, this would be this episode. would be the best is if it was like tier six, you get more episodes. Tier seven, you get fewer episodes, <laughs> and then whoever, whichever one gets more donations, we move Whoa. to match. We make them fight it out. Um, it's it's what you got to do. You got to monetize your haters. I say that all the time. Um, so I mentioned this. This is season five of the show, which is already crazy that we got up to season five. Who th- who knew? Who knew we could do it? It's only yeah. been 15 years. Um, and we are doing things a little differently, but just rest assured, people who commented that they were afraid of change and didn't want anything to be worse. We might have made it worse, but we definitely didn't make it that much different. So we're gonna do a little, <laughs> we're doing a slide move, slight move over. We have Here's some recasts. There's gonna be some 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 new you kids. We have we have a cousin Oliver uh coming out. <laughs> Here's what, 
here's what we're going to do. So we are still going to be four friends talking about movies. That part is staying. We're still going to, we might have some new logos and music coming. We just didn't have mm. it ready for the debut. But what we are going to do differently is the way we're picking movies this year is we're going to pick, we're going to play a game, a competitive game against each other that is going to last the entirety of season five. We're in the, we have just, start, we've already started. We are playing a game. And we are playing to win. So here's how the game Kevin Bacon's exquisite, not explicit, corpse works. Kevin Bacon's exquisite corpse. So this is obviously the name is a combination of Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon and the game Exquisite Corpse. So we are going to take turns picking a movie um, that everyone has to watch that has to be one move from the uh, the movie we just watched actors so something that has one actor in common at least one actor in common with the movie we just watched so we watched the movie today whoever is up first is going to pick another movie that has an actor in common with that movie but here's the game part each of us will have pre-selected a single movie and we'll tell you those in a second we each picked one movie that is our goal movie and if the show ever gets there and we watch that movie you get five points for your movie being selected, and then you have to select a new movie. So we are going because it's season five, so five points. Okay, yeah, um, oh, that's great. There, there might be ways to get other points and bonus points in the future, so we have to have five. So there's some wiggle room, but um, you get five points if your movie is selected. So, or should it be should it be fifty points? Maybe it should be a lot of points. Oh man, no, five. Keep it okay. five. If you okay, want to, five points, but we'll do half points later. So anyway, so we're just gonna pick a movie now, and our so today we're watching Apollo 13 because obviously that is um, a movie that has Kevin Bacon in it, and in fact it is his top grossing film of all time. So we picked that as our starting point, and you can do one Kevin Bacon degree away from this movie when you pick. But our goal movies are as follows. Ezra, I want you to kick us off. What movie is your five-point movie this season? So so I just want to quickly quickly ask a question because this will change my answer. Okay. Did anyone pick a movie that you can get to directly from this one? No. no. Well, I, I don't, don't think so. I don't think I, I went okay, deep no enough way. in the cast. Okay, yeah. No, what, cool. what, if, what if I didn't try very hard when I was picking a movie? <laughs> no, it's fine. Okay. Uh, no, no, because because I was thinking like if I was going to gamify it, should I do one that like gives me a, a chance right, to so just to... if you have a one in four chance yeah. of getting to yeah. pick first? No, you should definitely yeah. do that. No, no, of no. Course. Yeah. There was it was it was, my, it was my backup movie, but like I, I, I was mean, only going to do it. Someone else did it. Let's be honest. We all picked in order: uh, Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, <laughs> uh, Bridge of Spies, and Captain Captain uh, Phillips. Everybody, everybody gets a chance for five points no. today. Uh, I mean, there'll be more points in the future, no. so I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't no. hate I'm, that pick. Okay, so my my movie is uh, it's it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, it has an insane cast. Um, Eternal Sunshine, The Spotless Mind. Uh, yeah. interesting. Um, Michelle Gondry's yeah, Kaufman. <laughs> Perfectly pronounced. Uh, uh, Very good. Um, the Spotless Mind. Eternal Sunshine is a great pick. Um. Okay. Quick question, quick yeah. question is, we'll probably talk about it if we uh, get to it, but is the ending of that movie happy or sad? I always like any people's opinions on this. Uh, oh, really for me it's happy. A, yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. So a lot okay. of people okay. think, view it as a tragic ending, and it's, it's, very, it's just interesting. You really can tell a lot about how a person sees life and relationships by how they interpret the ending of that movie. So I love this pick. You got you got some good choices in here. You got Jim Carrey, Elijah Kate Woods. Winslet, Kirsten Dunst, Mark Ruffalo, Elijah Wood, uh, David Wilkinson, Cross. Is that would be a hell also? of a move if you could do yeah. a David Cross move. Yeah. Um, um, old Wilkes Wilkinson. Yeah. Tom no, Wilkinson. It's, it's yeah, really, really yeah. good. And and I think also this is kind of going. Uh, Anthony, I think you were the one who when we were brainstorming this uh, game, uh, you had the idea of like a. Uh, 
comedic actors in uh, in, tr- in dramatic roles. And so yeah. I you did bring that up. And I think you planted that in my mind because I'm going to go second because my movie is also a serious Jim Carrey movie. I picked The Cable Guy as oh, my movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, Cable Guy is more of a dark comedy. 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 It's not sure, serious. Sure. Okay, sure. I not thought you were going to. It's still a Jim Carrey movie. We'll say that. Yeah. I was I was torn between this and the um and uh, I can't believe that two people we only know two guesses that they're that you could get to them from each other. I'm very yeah. excited. my backup was gonna be um, Truman Show because I then I could do directly with Ed Harris. I was I was thinking about Truman Show and I um but I was just like looking at these two casts and what I one of the things I love about this not only is Jim Carrey in both these movies but also David Cross is in both of these movies. Oh my god! Mm. Um, but I yeah I like well, I know who to avoid now. I was thinking like Jack Black, Ben Stiller, you know, Matthew Broderick. There's a lot of good options from there if we end up in a comedy world. Also, I wanted to do something from the mid-90s since we're doing a mid-90s movie today. So that was my slight strategy was I wanted to have as much overlap in career time as possible with where we were starting. Um, that is yeah. very funny. That, that's so interesting that we picked Ooh, both. You get Eric Roberts also? That's fun. Yeah. Uh, you get to also, all the Batman movies from that. Oh, nice. Also, uh, Owen Wilson and Andy Dick and Janine Garofalo. Some fun people here. Um, Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller. I mentioned Ben. Yeah, I think I think because if you say if you have Ben Stiller and Jack Black, you cover all comedies from like 92 on. I think you get everybody. So. All right. That's me, Anthony. Since you kind of set us off on this path Mm. on accident. What is your movie that you're picking for this year? Uh, The Majestic starring Jim Carrey. No. Uh, (laughs) No. Oh man, no. it's Jim Carrey's explicit. No, uh, no, I I went in a different direction. I went with just a movie I've always meant to see, but I've never gotten around to it. Mm. Uh, and so I have picked the 1974 uh, Taking a Felon One Two Three. So Robert Shaw, Walter Matthau, Hector Elizondo, Jerry Siller, Lee Walsh, bunch of bunch of really good character actors who might pop up and stuff. I- I love that strategy. Um, That's a great. I think character actors is definitely the trick to this game. Oh no! Yeah. I think guys, we're just going to trend in the eighties for this entire thing. I feel like because we're just yeah. being pulling back and forth between like um between like the, the earlier well, stuff. Yeah, you have yeah. not yet heard my pick as well. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay so the taking of Pelham one two three, which is two thousand nine. No, so no, the, the original, the nineteen seventy four, not the Tony Scott remake, the original Sorry. Walter Matthau and. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay, okay. Well, oh, so yeah, uh, Hector Elizondo, I like. Yeah, who's who's in um like everything, including Princess Diaries, which I love. Yeah, um, I'm sorry that I, I'm sure you said that originally, and I misheard you. Um, but that is okay. So yes, yeah, so you got Walter Matthau, Robert Shaw, Martin Bla- Balsam. I don't know as many of these people. You, I mean, but you, you do have Jerry Stiller, so we've them. both got we've both got a Stiller uh, available. Well, I mean, Robert Shaw, there's a lot of movies we can get to. Walter Matthau, there's a lot of movies we can get to. Doris then, Roberts, she comes yeah, up a lot. There's a small cast. Uh, I mean, there's a large cast with a lot of character actors who have been in everything. Vincent D'Onofrio, Edward yeah, Vincent Almost, Robert, Donnie right, Wahlberg, right. Um, Bill Cobbs. I mean, the cast of this movie is super Fun. Deep. Okay, but this I've is really smart. always wanted to see it, uh, and I thought this would be a good excuse to kind of gamify my way into seeing it. I so, love right. it. That's a great way to do it. All right, Hunter, round us out. Where? What direction did you go with your five-point pick? 
I should probably change my pick, but I think I just maybe approach this with a slightly different philosophy than everyone else. Okay, uh, I love but it. I'm very excited, and I no, think the, that the more different will... philosophies, the better the game is. I think. Yeah. I think this will ruin the game, but my pick. I just <laughs> want to stress. So you, you're gonna have to. The only way this is gonna work for any of you is if, if you just avoid me. Whoever goes after me, they will have no way of ever scoring their point because my pick is Battleship Potemkin. The Soviet Union movie film from uh, 1925. Um, (laughs) It only has actors that were alive in 1925 in it. It's one of the most important films ever made. And uh, if I get there, if I get there, I get 50 points, not five. And I just I, decided I don't know that. if that's how that works, but I it is a silent film. So I'm not wow. I'm not willing to bet against that. Um, I think you could. So every time it's my turn, remember, I will be trying and <laughs> probably failing to get us to Battleship Potemkin. This <laughs> and I are trying Whatever to keep you in I the can. late 90s, early 2000s. No, I like Anthony's this. pushing to the 70s, and Hunter, you're like silent film stars only. Here's what I'll say. Hunter, you can get 10 points for this, but okay. you can use those some of those points as bribes. Okay, I'm gonna. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna have to make a deal with another player yeah, in absolutely. order to get this. Ooh, I do like that because Ezra and I definitely could have a thing where we teamed up. That would definitely help us both. Because basically, if as depending on our order, if one of us scores and the other one's next, the other one gets to score as well. So, yeah, I mean, all you, if you guys, if any of you pick Ed Harris. As yep. your go-to from here, we can get to Jim Carrey real fast. Yes, that was my uh, thinking. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Do you? Okay, and actually, wait, I, I might be wrong about that thing I just said about going from one to the other because we had talked about as one of the potential rules when someone scores, you reset to a Kevin yeah, Bacon. Uh, no, I think just th- just that person. That right? person oh. resets. No. Oh, oh. Because you oh, have to pick a new movie, oh, but right, where does go back to Bacon. where does the yeah, change yeah. continue? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh gosh. All right. So that means if one of us scores, we we actually do not automatically score. Which also, this is a bad rule for Hunter's pick. Yeah, because <laughs> if anybody well, scores, even if, if Anthony scores, we ended up in the seventies, and you're like, we're on the way. Nope, you guys are going to score like five times <laughs> Back to before, Kevin before, before I give up and pick a different well, movie. I thought well, we yeah. were gonna every time someone scores, we all pick new movies instead of fresh. Oh, that could work. Uh, yeah. What? No, I want. I've no. no okay, yeah, I, I, I have to be able everybody. to repick because I want to get can... to Battleship Potemkin. I don't care how long it takes me. Okay, how you about how about pick... yes? How about this? When one person scores. Everyone has the option to pick a new movie, mm. but you don't have to. Yeah, you can like maybe like you can pick another one, like in addition to like the way you do uh, Ticket to Ride. Oh, you can, you oh. can draw five new routes <laughs> and keep three. <laughs> I, I like so that, we're going to start with the simplest rules possible now because I know we're going to complicate it later on. So mm-hmm. any rule change that can get three votes becomes canon. So presumably, so at this point, we're going to assume that there's going to be some high scoring games. But this is the game now. So we're starting with Apollo 13 today. We're going to talk about that in a second. And each of us is trying to get the when when it's our turn to pick the movie towards one of our choices for movie, which for me is the Cable Guy, Ezra, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Anthony. The taking of Pelham one two three from nineteen seventy four, and of course Hunter's classic pick, Battleship Potemkin. Oh well, I was you know pick. Apollo thirteen. It's about a ship, you know, and I was thinking about ships. Oh, that's and a good move. Yeah, ships. yeah. You can't go actor to actor there, but you can go. It's maybe there is, you know, because there's that you know the Electric. submarine that lives in the in the water in in Portland. There's like that diesel submarine in the in the in the river. That submarine has been in like nine submarine movies before it ended up in Portland. Okay. So maybe your move here, Hunter, 
is like the submarine set. And I don't, give, we don't give you 10 points for that, but we might give you one point if you could connect us by a submarine. You yeah, know what I mean? If do. we could get to like U5, uh, U571, which yeah. is a submarine mm-hmm. movie that has mm-hmm. to have mm-hmm. some of this cast in it. Uh, <laughs> you know, if, if, if they were still way. alive. Yeah. Um, you know what you could also do? So there's a, there's a documentary tracing Battleship Potemkin where you're using a lot of the same footage. And that was narrated by um, someone like that was in 2007. That was narrated uh, by Hans Zilcher, who like did a bunch of stuff, including was in like uh, like uh, Spielberg's Munich and like other stuff. So like you could. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, l- l- let me just say this, because it, it maybe you guys think I'm just like joking around with this pick. I wanted to pick something very old, but is a film that is very, very famous so that everything is known about it. So that if I can find a connection, it will be there. If I pick something yeah. from the 20s that is more obscure, I, th- I don't know. Probably just won't even be good documentation yeah. to figure out who was in the in the frickin' yeah. movie. You I, know mean, what I mean, Battleship Patinkin is also... I've never seen it, but from what I understand, it's one of those movies you hear about, like, like the... Um, the the like ending shootout from, like, The Untouchables is, like, just a recreation of the Battleship Patinkin hmm. scene from that movie, right? So I think if we get to one of those movies that is just like incredibly influenced by Battleship Patinkin as well, like without Battleship Patinkin, the scene with the carriage would not exist in Untouchables. You know what I mm. mean? So like, yeah, there's a certain certain kind of you know, like we made up this game, so we're technically the gods of it, and we can create any new rules we want. So I, Very I think true. We should, you know, have fun with it. I I will say that uh, my philosophy on almost all games is that if you can make a good case for why a rule should be a rule, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. So if you are going to make a move, this is my I, I wish I think this, this is how we should play like Scrabble is no dictionary. But if you can just give me a good reason to think this should be a word, I'll take yeah. that word. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so anyway, so I, I'm willing to be argued on this. So if you if you think you've got to move, if you think you can get there, I'm very open to it. So that's I think the I game. Can get there. Those are our five point picks and Hunter's ten point pick, which we gave him a bonus. Um, but now let's let's start the game and let's start with Kevin Bacon's number one grossing film of all time, Apollo thirteen. say i this is like my main weakness here is just not putting enough time into the researching and characters and knowing people's because i don't know and not knowing enough about people's careers because my guess is there's some moves that i could make that would be very smart like anyway at home let me know if i blew it is what i'm saying Mm. if you're listening and you're like oh actually there was an actor in both those movies um just let me know um so i i set off with a question for you guys could you imagine? Even tell you what we're doing? Yeah, this, this is a quick question. It's something I've been thinking about since last night. Could you imagine being yelled at by Ed Harris? <laughs> is there anything worse that you could... Like, really try to put yourself in that position. He is... Is he the most intense actor of oh, his living he's today? He's one of those characters, people, or those, those actors, where the way he acts perfectly matches the bone structure of his skull. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He has an intense cheek skull situation, and then also is an intense actor. Very taut skin. Yes. Pressing. Yeah. Feels like his bones are going to collapse under the tautness of his flesh. Yes. Um, but yes. he's just, 
like in in this movie he's like you know pretty like likable but still has his intensity and this professionalism to him but yeah this he, one's fun because he's intensely positive everyone else yeah. is like people are gonna yeah. die and he's like no we will win but yeah, it's <laughs> just like there's like little moments when he snaps at people and like just watching this last night i was like could you imagine if like ed harris yeah. was your dad and you like <laughs> scratched his favorite car or something like that like oh, just man. being yelled ed at is scary. by ed harris how horrifying that would be um, um kept me up last night he has one child so that one person has had to deal with that i i mean here's the thing we think ed harris is a good actor though right which means that maybe like oh yeah it would be fine to be yelled at him in real life because it's actually like you know just a you know, puppy dog I know. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he's he, got like taut skin and then a really nice personality at home. He, People he are, are a, not. Yeah, he's like the only actor who's ever like taken a swing at James Cameron uh, on the set of The Abyss. Okay, that's a important. lot of actors have wanted to, but he's the only one who did. So, you know, according to uh, Wikipedia, Harris is one of several James actors Cameron. who have been dubbed the thinking woman's sex symbol. Whoa. Oh. But it doesn't mm. link to that list. It just says that. So yeah, that's something he added, and one that's kind of like a backhanded compliment. Like, Boy, look, smart women would find you sexy. Yeah, most like uh, women who are like use their eyes, probably not. But the one who <laughs> use their brains. <laughs> also cool about him is he was also in the right stuff. So he yeah. has been in all of the yeah. major mm. uh, points in in American. Well, I, mean, I I thought it was funny how much this movie like hides him for like a big reveal that's supposed to like be like a twist or something like that like you you see his hands and him getting the vest but you don't see his face for the first few scenes and then when they do show him it's like this big reveal and it's like oh this is ed harris what yeah why all the hoopla around um, it's nice to see him yeah, I like. He's yeah, good this, in this movie. Everything is so good about this movie. Let's just jump and, into the movie. Yeah. So the movie this well, week, our starting point is Apollo 13, the 1995 space drama directed by Ron Howard, written by William Broyles Jr. and Al Reinhardt, um, starring, of course, Kevin Bacon, also starring Tom Hanks, Bill Paxton, Ed Harris, and Gary Sinise, among others. Actually, we should probably go deeper into the casts um, because it's such an important thing. Some other people in this cast, uh, Neil Armstrong. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to find a lot of moves from him, but that's an option. Um, Kathleen Quinlan, Quinlan. Yeah, I mean, this him? movie is filled with that guy actor character actors, like everyone oh. in the background. I mean, Clint Howard himself. Yeah, like you could get to like a million things from Clint. Um, Clint's my move if uh, if it's my turn. Clint is definitely mm. my my. What's my another way. Clint Clint thing? Clint's um, been acting since he was a child, so a long oh, time ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, if he's been acting since a child, that's very Austin helpful Powers? to you, Hunter. You need yeah. his kiddest movie. Yeah. Um, one person I who jumped out at me in the as a character actor was uh, Todd Luiso, who's also in uh, High Fidelity. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he's just like just there in one of the scenes. Xander oh, yeah, Berkeley, that guy. Oh yeah, he's Ron Howard's older brother. He's in all of his movies. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, good for him. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, not I'm not telling you how to live your life, but he is also in um, the Grinch movie starring Jim Carrey. Yeah, another Ron <laughs> Howard movie. We could get we could get two moves to Ezra and I's picks. Like Pretty nine easily. different ways. Like yeah. we don't even have to fight over which way to go. Um, so that's a that's the cast. Um, it's obviously this movie is based on the 1994 book. So quick turnaround: Lost Moon, 
The Perilous Voyage of Apollo 13, written by Jim Lovell, the astronaut, and Jeffrey Kluger, someone mm-hmm. who can actually write. And that is our movie that we are starting out with today. Um, I, in my notes, forgot to write down my summary that I was going to say. So here we're gonna we're gonna riff a patented five sentence summary. We're gonna improvise today. Five sentence summary of Apollo thirteen. Man, this is harder to do when I write it down. Okay. Tom Hanks really wants to go to the moon so badly he points his thumb at it whenever he looks up, which is apparently a very moving thing to him. Uh, all of us, even though he is scheduled to leave later, he gets bumped up to the important flight, the third flight towards the moon, Apollo 13, just two numbers after Apollo 11, the famous flight that actually landed um, some some dudes, some some military dudes on the moon. Uh, Tom and his crew. Supposedly. Uh, su- <laughs> Tom gets to bring one of his favorite crewmates and the other one gets swapped out because he's got the measles floating around in his blood. Uh, they go up into space and during a routine stirring of oxygen tanks, which you, you, we all know you have to do. You got to stir it. If you shake them, it's going to ruin it. The flavor <laughs> of them. So always stirred uh, oxygen tanks. Uh, they blow the hell up that's what happens it blows up the side of the spaceship and all of a sudden what went was it went from a routine mission to the moon turns into a non-routine very exciting rescue say sequence mm-hmm. in space um it includes a bunch of really cool maneuvers like powering down the computers and shivering while you have the clap and <laughs> not drinking water for a really long time and what i would argue is the greatest moment in film history possibly in human history where a bunch of nerds have to make a square filter in a round hole like using just garbage. That is my, it's definitely one of my favorite things I've ever seen in a movie is when they're like, you have to get this in that using only this. Mm. <laughs> and then shakes out a box of garbage <laughs> on the table. Oh, that's what makes me want to be part of NASA. Yeah, this movie, I mean, that sequence, some of the dialogue, and there's something about like, do you remember when special effects used to be like special yeah, like around I mean, this like time, actually putting someone in zero yeah. gravity. But no, like this time in movies when, like, you know, we're just coming out of Jurassic Park and T two, and it's like CG is like really allowing us to do new, exciting things rather than just everything being CG. in it, it's kind of like the moon landing, right? Like <laughs> the way that CG now is so just like you know a just a thing that happens. We all know about it. We just accept it. We don't really think about it. But this movie really came out at a time when it was like, you're not going to believe what they can fucking do with these computers. Right? Yeah. And it's just like the, the visual effects in this movie for the most part still hold up really well. well I, the, so there is a ton of practical effects, right? Like they yes. actually did, for example, shoot huge portions of this movie in zero gravity. First not movie space, to ever do that. But just doing the vomit comet up and down yeah. and shooting like five seconds at a time between them throwing up. Yeah. Um, they shot all these, a lot of zero 23, G- second takes is the most they could get from the vomit comet movie which is but- so crazy well, that is a hard way to make a movie um uh just really quick on that moon thing so i've been to both the kennedy space center in florida and the johnson space center in texas and on, at, bo- at both of those visitor centers when you walk in just like at a lot of theme parks the first thing they do is they take a picture of you in front of a green screen and then try to sell you a print of the photo yeah, yeah. So you go into Johnson. The first thing you do at this at NASA at this big NASA Space Center is they take a photo of you 
make it look like you're on the moon and then try to sell that picture. Like they're not even hiding the fact that they can make people look like they're on the moon. They're just going straight into it. That's their (laughs) first sales. They have the original Apollo 11 technology just sitting there in the lobby photoshopping you onto the moon. Hmm. All right. um, There you go. Anyway, so they all get back. They land safely in the water and everybody's fine. Um, And don't, you never have the best thing about watching this movie is you never need to worry about how you're supposed to feel because the music and the wife will let you know exactly what you're supposed <laughs> yep. to be feeling yep. at any given time. So uh, that's something that I, I've watched this movie a lot uh, of times, including I think uh, two years ago, maybe I watched it last time. Um, but the one, like, I know you're you're kind of making fun of it, but the emotional journey of uh, of Lovell's wife is, I mean. God, what it must have been the hardest thing in the world? Yeah. I mean, I can't, I, I cannot imagine movie, how gnarly it would be to watch yeah. your partner, yeah, I get potentially lost in space, and, I, and not just not just the fact that he's like almost going to die, but the yeah. fact that you might have to watch him die on television, surrounded by cameras and people. Like, yeah. it's just unfathomable I, to me. It's yeah, so I think intense. it's it's a real thankless role. One, what she's into in this movie for. But I absolutely, I haven't seen this movie in a long time. I still think it holds up really well. I love, like I said, I love the look of this movie. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. fucking film stock they use and just how grainy this fucking movie is looks amazing. Beautiful. But I think uh, her, her, the whole wife's subplot is completely what, the only knock I have against this movie. It, Interesting. It's time we could be that spent solely to like manipulate the audience. It's this woman whose sole purpose in this film is to look like she's about to cry for her husband. She has no other like interiority or anything. She's just there. Like this is a great example of what the backdale test is like there to prove about like the way women are used in movies, right? I would have much rather I mean, taken all doesn't of these she scenes. talk to doesn't she yeah, about her husband and their husband. Right. That's does, the only thing they talk about. She talks to his mom, but they talk about him almost dying. Yeah, and That's they talk true. to the other wife, but they only talk about what it's like to I be mean, an astronaut. In, in this it's, movie, like obviously, I mean, the Bechdel test is a very easy thing to pass, so it's yeah. really embarrassing when you don't. But I will say, this is based on a movie that Jim Lovell wrote. So the fact that everyone in the movie is talking about how interesting Jim Lovell is, it's like kind yeah. of expected. Sure. Yeah, like I Jim just, Lovell doesn't pass the Bechdel test. He's just, just mostly himself. Well, and it's not like it would have been better if they had like invented a conflict or something for her or something like that. I think it's just the way that the the way that she's utilized in the film and how often we're cutting back yeah. to her, I think is where you actually start feeling a little bit like, oh, this just kind of feels like yeah. manipulative. I do, and we do have because we do have the conflict for her, which is her against NASA. It's her against having to pretend to be this certain kind of person the whole time. Yeah. yeah. But to me, it's just, it's not even like a, John, like a, like the writer's thing. It's a very Ron Howardy as, as a kind of Spielberg S saccharine filmmaker who wants to include family and kid stuff yeah. because he knows that makes it more emotional. I think this movie would be much the stronger. Kids mean was... too, though, when he's like, like yeah. being in in class, watching your dad possibly <laughs> burn up in the atmosphere, surrounded by other students. Oh my god, it's so intense. Yeah. I, oh, I mean, also well, with... hold on. If you like your dad, yeah, that's true. Yeah, if you like your dad, <laughs> man, <laughs> but his dad's Tom Hanks. I mean, he loves him. Everybody wants Tom Hanks for the dad. Yeah, I, don't know. I just Tom imagine Chet Hanks sitting in the classroom. <laughs> Wait, why do you imagine Chet Hanks in class? That's weird. Just him I mean, sitting there. 
if if Chet Hanks is in class, he's sitting with the chair turned around backwards. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. Oh, Speaking in cool. a fake reggae, you know, voice talking yeah, about yeah, I'm yeah. Just, I, lo- I love your pops. It's you know? hot. It's hot boy summer. Um, yeah. But so the the other thing with uh, that that just blows my mind with Jim Lovell's actual wife though is that they have she has like that Na- she has a NASA radio just by mm. her bed that they're relaying live conversations, which would be very cool when everything's going fine and you just get to hear him like doing work and stuff. That's neat. But then when he's just like, oh God, it blew up and she's just got to have that on her clock. Oh my God. All the time. It's yeah. So intense, man. Oh, it's brutal. I guess you guys don't feel anything, but that's how I felt. <laughs> um, all right, no, no, well, no. So- it, it's not that it's not that we didn't feel anything. It's just there's this other. I think just another thing happening too in in our brains. But it's good that you were able to just fully invest in the. In I, the this is the most that I've just been like f- that. I focused on her, I guess, and I, despite Ron Howard's best efforts to shove it down our throats, apparently, I mostly have been focused <laughs> on the people trying to save the mm. space people. But this one, I was like really invested in her story and felt really bad for her this time around. So I don't know mm. what changed, but. How many times um, have you seen this movie, Alex? I'm just wondering because you're a big fan of this type of thing. So. The question. I mean, definitely in the in the like more than one dozen, pro- probably. What? This is Wait. one of those early DVDs. Was this your thirteenth mm. viewing of it? Whoa! It, it was. might be over twenty. I mean, I've seen it a bunch. Um, nah, this is your thirteenth viewing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was the thirteenth time. You can go wrong. <laughs> No, this was the simplest it's ever gone. Man, wouldn't that be great if you're watching this movie and halfway through, like the film stock starts to burn and it's yeah, it's the, a great Easter egg. Yeah, the internet goes out and you have to go and like reset it and be like, I really can you know relate but, to what they went. Yeah, through. Yeah, you're like, okay, but oh, I have to plug into the wall, but my I can only use this coax cable and oh I have God, to wait, get into no, a Cat Five plug. Let me say. So while I was in the middle of watching this, I had to like take a, a break because um. Uh, so like Sarah and I had to like replace Caleb's like wheel of his razor scooter and it was actually like incredibly difficult to do. And I was like, Oh my God, I feel like I understand the struggle, uh, in space. And now I, I realize that like, I, I, I would not do well there. I haven't, having to have a real tough time with this one, like a hex wrench. <laughs> the, oh, the thing. So another thing about that scene, by the way, the thing, scene where they have to fix the air filter, um, my favorite scene in movie history is, um, I actually Google, I did a lot more Googling this time than I have previous watches. You can find NASA has the actual plans for the thi- the filter fix, and you can get a diagram with step by step instructions of what they have to do. And it's so gosh darn impressive that they were able to do that because it's not just like oh you just tape a bag to move the air. They're using pumps and filters from their their um, spacewalk suits, and then using the the cover of the binder to like wrap around and move the air through that filter it's so impressive it's so impressive mm. yeah, i, I mean, love it you put a bunch of engineers in the room and they'll do some engineering you know yeah, whoever would have oh, thought man uh, oh some they'll drink a lot of coffee but yeah. like okay here's the thing like that that the time pressure is pretty impressive because like i don't know if you ever tried to like i don't know Type in a word doc with someone like uh, like watching over shoulder. It's impossible like, to type when someone's watching. Yeah, the idea so, like, of doing the, science level, while people are yeah. watching you. I'm going to science with three people's lives on the line. Um, yeah, imagine hmm. if you had to fix Caleb's razor scooter wheel while Caleb couldn't breathe. Man, like, you'd be way. It'd be way harder. I mean, I don't know why that would be the priority at that time. <laughs> you know, on this rewatch, you know who I really related to, the guy from like the. 
who like built the rockets, who kept being like, "Look, whatever happens, this is not my fault." Okay, <laughs> all right. Look, yeah, that shit is weird. Yeah, but like, look, I hope everyone gets home safe and all that. But all I'm saying is like, don't fucking look at me. All right, I, just I didn't you do on the record shit. that this is your fault, not mine. Yeah, yeah, I didn't do shit. Um, uh, I like that perfectly. guy quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy was I mean, cool. well, especially because. One of the reasons, like one of the interesting things about Apollo 13 is that it went wrong because the safety culture at NASA was not very good at the time and it led to a lot of accidents. But then it actually got a lot worse because Apollo 13 was a triumph. And so it just made them even more confident that they don't have to be safe because they'll solve it and they'll be heroes for it. This is, yeah. this is that fix it in post mentality that is not a great idea. <laughs> it's really <laughs> in not space. In space. <laughs> fix it in, spo- in post does not work in space. Yeah, I mean, did you guys watch that the the a couple years ago the Apollo Eleven, um, where they just like remastered all the old footage of the oh, yeah, the um, what is that called the we? It's got some name. It does have a name. Oh, it's 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 name. name. What is it, what is it called? Uh, Some no, kind of name it's died. I thought it was like, just about, when, when we left. It has like Earth, words. Like, it, like for the name, like the name has no, words. I think it's or... just called Apollo Eleven. I mean, there is a uh, just an Apollo Eleven. I honestly, I did not keep. I thought it was a re-release of Apollo Thirteen because I could not keep my Apollo straight. <laughs> <laughs> Too many Apollos, y'all. So Apollo Thirteen, yeah, is when we sent thirteen male astronauts to space, and then Apollo Eleven is when they redid it with eleven women. Better joke than I'm getting credit for. That's fine. Um, it's a oh, I prequel. Get it I get yeah, it. But no, I, I saw this very fascinating documentary. I mean, it was one of my so favorite, good. The footage is so incredible. One of my favorite moments in this movie is the when they're like talking about like the great explorers and how Neil and Buzz are going to get added to that list. <laughs> I, it's, it's just so funny. Uh, and like imagining like your friends becoming these legendary people just because they were selected first. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. It is super interesting. And, and um, you know, Neil, nothing against Neil and Buzz, but the kind of people that got selected at the time like now we send scientists into space. And at the time we were like, who are like really good drivers who are willing to blow up? Like it's just yeah. Yeah, Air yeah. Force pilots with no fear. And so it's a real, it's not like you don't expect the most uh, brilliant insights into the. I mean, this is why he says that he says the thing wrong when he lands yeah. on the moon. He says it wrong because you sent a pilot instead of a, a poet. Should have sent a poet. Uh, I always feel weird about uh, Michael Collins, right? Who's just like hanging out. And not Dude, actually what the guy he yeah the the um he's the designated driver to the moon he was the dd he just floated around and helped them back afterwards and no one knows his name yeah um, I look it up fascinating guy i got a question for you guys so especially alex because i think yeah. you you obviously really love this movie i'm so ready uh how do you feel about okay so tom hanks won two oscars back to back and then this was the one that was the combo breaker he was nominated for this and he lost. All right. So, mm. out of Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, and this, do you think if you could take an Oscar from one of those movies and give it to Tom Hanks in this <laughs> I mean, one? Obviously, we take it away from Forrest Gump, right? <laughs> I mean, Forrest Gump is not. Yeah. yeah I mean, no, Phil- people now don't talk about what an incredible movie Forrest Gump was. Do we talk yeah. about Philadelphia yeah. still? 
Like, I, I mean, I, I Philadelphia fucking rules, man. I've never I seen, seen Philadelphia, but I've heard oh people say that it is good. But but Forrest Gump is like a weird, corny yeah. movie. Yeah, it's true. I mean, with a Philadelphia lot of questionable decisions is phenomenal. Uh, I hadn't seen it till like a year or two ago. Um, but I mean, I'm a big Jonathan Demi fan, and I think it's one of his best movies. Um, but but but, a, like, but but Forrest Gump is the kind of movie that wins best picture yeah. type, type Oscars because it's like. It it just has that it's got the right amount of oogie feel to probably win. Yeah. Well, right. and, like Forrest Gump is like gen- lab grown designed yes. to like appeal to boomers. Yes, exactly. And this sense of you know superiority. So, yeah, boomer nostalgia movie for sure. Yeah, I think this definitely would be up. I mean, you know, Tom is fine. He's good at it, but also he was acting in Zero G, which no one ever done before. So yeah. that's pretty impressive. All right. What about okay? What are your other okay? Are the, the other big Tom Hanks true story movies. This, Bridge of Spies, Captain Phillips. Oh, wait. Catch me if you can? Catch me if you can. I guess that's a true story. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, yeah. it's, a true, it's a, a true story as written by a con man. So you sort of assume. That's true. <laughs> I mean, also, I guess I'll say, right? Wasn't, didn't he like, make a post-apocalyptic one? We don't know that's not a true story. Right. Right. Like That, that, that will become finish. true, most oh, likely. Right. Uh, the true true is that the um oh right uh, cloud atlas cloud atlas yeah that could yeah. be true later in some the other Da Vinci universes. code that all happened you know <laughs> uh, Sully though also right did we say that Sully oh uh, yes no. Sully I've actually seen Sully I really no. want to no I'm good I, I don't want to <laughs> see it at all <laughs> that was so that you know this movie was like a very quick turnaround from the book it was like clearly being produced while the book like right as the while the book was wor- being worked on. Um, but movies based on true stories where the true story just happened the year before, I can't do it. And Sully was one of those where it was like, as he was landing, somebody was selling a script. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was just too fast. It's gross. Well, yeah. I mean, there was, that... was like a nine 11 movie that came out on like 10, 11. Like it was too yeah. fast. I mean, Captain Phillips had a quick turnaround time, but Captain Phillips is genuinely incredible. I think that's be- still I don't know my Captain favorite. Phillips. I don't know I Captain don't Captain Phillips, it's the I'm the Captain Now yeah, movie, yeah. Uh, but it's about a, a um a a captain of a like a shipping boat oh, that gets taken over ship. by pirates. Mm. Um, but it is it's a pretty good movie. The last five minutes, Tom Hanks does literally the best acting I've ever seen in my entire. Oh, of, I think of his career. Um, I would love it if the Academy Awards were like, look, this is not for the movie. But this is an Academy Award for those five minutes at the end of Captain Phillips. It I like that. This should be more yeah. specific. Because then that way people would figure out what good acting is. Because I feel like a lot of people don't know. It needs to be pointed out for them. <laughs> Didn't Alec Baldwin like win an Oscar for like five minutes of Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross? Oh, I believe He didn't win an Oscar. I mean, you no, have like... Mind. It's just great. You have... um, What is her name from Network, who's only in the movie for six minutes? And she she's wow. only in the movie for one scene and in the background of another scene. But she won Best Supporting Actress. That's like the oh, shortest cool. amount of time. Dude, that's a, yeah, mean, that's a great fact, is the, the, the best acting per minute yeah. of all time. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Hopkins won for Silence of the Lambs, and he's only in that movie for like 13 minutes. Is that weird? Well, is that true? Crazy, I think. Yeah, it's, it's funny like that that, that right? movie is not about Anthony Hopkins. It really yeah. seems like it from popular memory. Yeah. Wow. And, and, but yeah, he's one of those like 
best Oscars to limited screen time once, like Anthony Hopkins and the woman from Network. Okay, I'm so not, since we're talking about acting, I just want to say I actually liked Kevin Bacon more than Tom Hanks in this movie. I thought Tom Hanks' hmm. character was a little too... I don't know. It seemed like a story written by the actual guy, and so yeah. his character was a little too perfect. And Kevin Bacon had like stuff going on. Totally, Kevin Bacon Fox. is a, Jack Swigger is a much more interesting character in this yeah. movie than than Jim Lovell. Although the thing about like one thing about him, so okay, so 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 Swigert is the one who gets put in, yeah, because Ken Mattingly had potential measles and gets kicked out, which is. There's so much about this that I think is actually like kind of weird in the movie. Like one of them is they kind of treat the flight surgeon like he's a douche for mm-hmm. saying, I'm not going to send you in space when you have disease, when you have measles in your right. blood. Like right. that's a super reasonable thing. And the way that it sh- and 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 f- Gary Sinise looks at him and goes, I don't have the measles. I'm not going to get the measles as if you could know either of those things. Yeah. But I mean, Alex, doesn't doesn't this tie exactly back in with the. We now send scientists. We used right. to send We used pilots. to send jocks. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. So, of course, the jock doesn't think he has measles. But yeah. then we treated the doctor like shit. And then later when the doctor's like, your heart rates are scary. You should drink water and calm down. And they're like, I'm taking off these sensors. Don't tell me how to live my life. It's like, the, that was the guy was right. The doctor yeah. is the right one here. But um, yeah. also, one thing that's weird that they don't you mention in the movie really- is that Jim Lovell was originally supposed to be in one of the Mercury 7, the first group of astronauts and he got bumped because he had a weird things turn up in his blood work and so when he was talking oh. to, to ken mattingly and kicking him out for blood work he should have been like look man i get it this happened to me and <laughs> i'm still getting to go to the moon so just yeah. chill you'll go to the moon later it's well, gonna they be sucks, that in right? there because it could have been it actually could have been tension between the two of them because if tom hanks reaction had been more like all right, well, you're off, but that's something that happens. And then, uh, what's his face? What is the, uh, that actor's name? Gary Sinise. Uh, Gary Sinise. Gary yeah. Sinise. If Gary Sinise is all like, no, but I don't wanna. I wanna go <laughs> now. That could create some tension that then is resolved when he comes to like help them out in the simulator. Yeah, there is like a bit of tension from it, but it's not. I but because him helping in the simulator is my other favorite part of this movie. Is him being like, put me in the simulator, make it really goddamn cold. Don't give me a flashlight if they don't have it. Like yeah. I'm gonna solve this problem. Yeah. And Honestly, this this though is kind of what I don't like about this style of movie. The the kind of I would say a little a little. I didn't I didn't dislike this movie, but the the movies that get a little too saccharine for me, I feel like they miss uh, opportunities for drama uh, that could I don't know just make the make the story feel more lively and more exciting. Um, whenever I feel like they kind of pass things over to sort of focus on celebrating something versus like i don't know just telling a, a real good story not that the story's not good the story's great but yeah i that, that's totally fair and and to go swing, swing back just saying to the swigert character J- uh, jack swigert is he um he's the only one besides the flight surgeon and that rocket guy who's like not my fault who gets kind of a shit edit in this movie where they're like He's always banging somebody. He's being a real horn dog at every party. He's explaining the moon sex with the moon stuff with a glass and a and a bottle. And uh, in case you couldn't see, because we're not you're on video, I'll do a little sound for you. He's like explaining it. Um, and then uh, he's like, they, they they suggest in the movie, like Fred Hayes is like the reason I'm sick. <laughs> Bill Paxton's character, I'm sick because I got the clap from kevin bacon's character because we shared the same 
you know, we're both peeing in the same vacuum and I got the clap from him, which absolutely no, no evidence of at all. Term. What actually ridiculous. happened so to Fred that, Hayes so was, was the cover up you're saying? I mean, I thought that was just a joke. I don't think the movie was actually implying that that's well, what happened. So they, so he says it, which is very possible. Yeah. He thought that at the time and that they did dislike him for being because like, you know, NASA has this like everybody is married to kids, suburban house. You know, these pilots all have to have this perfect look. And Swigert's like, no, I I fuck. Um, so that's weird. But um, there what actually happened was Bill Paxton's character, Fred, uh, Fred Hayes, had a UTI from not peeing so from holding it really long right. in space he got an infection and what actually there's the scene earlier on after the accident where, where the ground crew is like hey don't vent any urine in the space right now because it's gonna <laughs> throw you off trajectory and so what actually happened was the astronauts thought that meant we can never vent ever again and so they all tried to hold it way too long and what nasa meant was don't do it right now because we're in the middle of this thing so there was a miscommunication that caused Fred Hayes to hold his pee for too long and then get a UTI, which Whoa, is crazy. Kidney infections. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's crazy. But anyway, but it was not because Kevin Bacon was too much of a horn dog. No. Um, and I did read a, a thing from um, Swaggart's wife, I believe, who said he would have loved this movie, but hated the depiction of him because it wasn't like him at all. Yeah. Which is kind of sad, but he would have loved the movie because it was like a badass space movie. Well, you know, <laughs> cool to say I it. mean, what I thought was really interesting was the people who. So originally, uh, Brad Pitt was their first choice for the Swagger character. Oh, which, interesting! And also, yeah, because he's hot. The, the role he is hot. Was, I mean, if he was doing it in the shower, you'd be like yeah. less upset about it. This film was written for Kevin Costner in the Love It role. Uh, also interesting he was the original choice for it until tom hanks took over um man this is one of those we've talked about this on the show before but there's so many movies where i wish we could alternate universe and see what that movie was i'd be so curious to see kevin costner brad pitt apollo 13 and see if i still like it as much is is there a version where where, was will smith up for any of these roles (laughs) apollo 13 rap oh man the apollo 13 (laughs) rap would be so good Oh, I love it. Um, you know what really stood out to me in this watching watching this time? I never noticed. Um, for some reason, I don't even know why they had to point this out, but the German scientist who's like does like really good friends with Tom Hanks's character, yeah. who is like absolutely oh, yeah. a project paperclip Nazi war criminal <laughs> yes, that is yeah. now Nazi working for NASA. Why is that being pointed out? Why was that in the movie? Yeah, like why did they and it's like, oh like John was like John's like, all right, if you gotta make it, you really gotta include this guy. I love him so much. Don't know so much about him before he showed up <laughs> one day. But he was And if you have any questions about his life, he's living in Argentina now, so you can just yeah. call him up. But it's so weird that they one yeah. they introduce him out of nowhere. They mention that he's Sherman and like yeah. really keep reinforcing it. Yeah, and it's just like why? Why is this? It's also like because Jim Lovell like doing his ger- terrible German accent at the guy while he's getting suited up is like, oh, Jim Lovell, were you kind of a tool? Is that? What was happening? Like, would you be really annoying to hang out with if you're doing everybody's accent when you meet them? It just made him look like such an annoying dude. Yeah, not a good character moment, I guess. No, man, this um, this project, Operation Paperclip thing's wild. I had no idea. Oh Wait, man, you never learned no. about that yet. Uh, yeah, it's one, one of those of, not good things. Yeah, not one of our out, finest moments. But hey, we got to we beat the Russians to the moon. All we had to do was, you know. 
I mean, that's and that's the argument is like if we hadn't hired the Nazi scientists to build NASA, they would have gone to Russia and built missiles for them instead. And that wouldn't have been better, which is like, yeah, but it's still real weird. Yeah, it turns out we would not have any rocket technology if it weren't for um, Nazi scientists. It's a very strange part about space. Is everything I love because I mean. Like everything good because of Nazi scientists? Like, no, is it Nintendo no. Switch because of Nazi scientists? No, yeah. don't you love the fuel efficiency of a Vox? No, not that. Okay, um, <laughs> I'm sure there's something, right? It, I mean, you love Aspirin? listening to nope, music on your magnetic tape. Wait, no, oh, that's nope, nope, yeah. that was them too. Yeah, tapes. Yeah. Oh, I mean, okay, bummer. so here's the thing, yes, but also, I bet a lot of these things wouldn't have happened without, like, the like, say, um. I don't know, saved like Jewish scientists, you know, before the Nazis. So maybe it balances out, right? Like, you know, you probably need Einstein for some of these things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, right sure, yeah. yeah. Einstein sure. did a lot of cool stuff. I'm not, I'm not sure it's all practical, but <laughs> one of these days it will if be. If there's an infinitely long train that ever comes up, we'll know know how to deal with it because of Einstein. So yeah, that's... and he gave us that poster, you know? Oh, <laughs> man, poster. that poster. <laughs> Wait, with his tongue out? That one? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Hunter. Quick list of his accomplishments I'm aware of. Number one, E equals MC squared. Number yeah. two, that poster. There's End a poster. of list. <laughs> also, later he made some said some really weird religious things. Um, everyone. <laughs> well, no, the thing, or like tapes, like the thing about tapes is like, yeah, sure, we stole them from Nazi scientists, but if it weren't for us killing the Nazis, we wouldn't have it either. They weren't going to uh, give it to us. So right. it's like, they did some inventing, but we had to go up and plow, plow, plow. Right? I don't love all of this. Can we move on. <laughs> Where did we, how did we get here? <laughs> well, and if you're talking about NASA, at some point you got to acknowledge Project yeah, Paperclip. I mean, it really true. is. I talked about NASA a ton. I never had to acknowledge it before this, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. There, I I watched a play one time. I wish I could remember what it was called, but it was about it was about a scientist from that program, and then like later when he was in his late 90s everyone was like oh actually no we hate you because you're a nazi and then he couldn't like get a house anywhere and it was really sad and it was a weird point of view for a play to take yeah uh <laughs> that's all i remember about that but yeah real bummer about the nazis all right yeah in summary but good, good work tom any other final thoughts about mm. apollo 13 before we move on mm. or is, is that about sum it up yeah, where, where where is it going to be on our on our master list? Well, so that's that's segment three. Um, yeah. So let's just slide right into segment three, the master list. Okay, so one more thing we're going to do a little differently this year. One part of the game that we're playing in in season five, Kevin Bacon's Exquisite Corpse, um, is the master list. So every movie that we watch this year is going to be ranked in a list against each other. So we're just going to vote on where the movie goes on the list. So obviously, no one's going to make an argument right now that this should be anywhere but number one. Mm-hmm. Because it is literally the best movie we've well, watched in season well, five. Hold up. Hold up. So we could start at number one or we could start at number 999. So, oh, so wait, we're going to watch up. a thousand movies this well, year? Yeah, wait, 50, I mean, I feel 52, like we're going right? to watch. Well, yeah, okay, fine. We could start at 52. Probably fifty. You know, we're gonna take some vacation I mean, time. We yeah, right. at we, we at least take two weeks well. off. Maybe yeah. three. Oh, thirteen's a solid option. Yeah, yeah. but you I can think start starting, at zero. We gotta start at one. I think we have to start. All right. A, a, All right. As of right now, as of the rankings, I'm crunching the numbers. I'm mm-hmm. checking them twice. Good. Apollo thirteen, 
number one movie of all time, according to season five of Read in a Week. I was, so I that's an interesting point, but I just want to give you a, weird, a counterpoint, which is I was also looking at the numbers, and as far as I can tell, it is the worst movie yeah. we've watched in season five. I'm, I'm curious also, though. Okay, so yes, it is number one, best and worst. Does anyone have a guess of where you think it'll end up? Like, you know, say between one and 48, where do you think this is going to be in the in the pantheon? Well, I think the- it's going to be Battleship Patinkin <laughs> uh, and then Apollo 13. I like that that you believe in me. Thank you for believing in Team Patinkin. Yeah, I don't even know if it'll be the best ship movie by the end of the year. Battleship Potemkin is surprisingly good. It's very good. I'm sure good. it's great. And I, yeah. if you watch U571 on the way there, I like a submarine movie, man. Um, I'm up for that. Um, I have a question. Can yeah. you go back to Apollo 13 for a minute? Yeah, yeah. Um, you never left. Can this story ever get retold, you think? Do you think somebody could no. eventually make another movie about Apollo 13? Or is this one of those, like... We made the Apollo 13 yeah, it's, movie. Yeah, it's done. We don't need to ever well, make another one. We, we talked about this a little while ago. I feel like remakes should only be allowed on movies with like 50% or below mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes or whatever. Like it should only oh, be a remake. You should I don't only even, remake movies that are bad to try to make them better. If a movie I don't even mean good, a remake. I, don't, I mean just someone telling this story again from a different, like somebody who just wants to also tell like there's a lot of historical events that have multiple different movies based mm. around them right because different filmmakers are attached to the material oh so, so you're I'm saying like, like not a remake but just like it's apollo 13 but from the point of view of the flight surgeon yeah just like could somebody Ooh, make point of apollo- view of the wife i think i would have yeah. like would like that movie actually yeah um, or a Marilyn Lovell's movie where she's like look i'm an interesting complicated character yeah. and i sometimes talk to women yeah, Apollo 13 <laughs> that takes place entirely inside the capsule in one long shot or something right, like right, that. Right. Yeah, but that's almost this, what we got. I mean, they yeah. do spend a lot of time in that capsule. They're v- yeah. very clearly well, proud oh, of that oh, capsule. Oh, 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 so what happened? But what happens? Because you were saying they were shooting 23 seconds at a time in the vomit comet. The Russians did just send a movie crew to the space station to shoot for 10 days. So maybe that whatever the story is, it's because technology has gotten to the point where we're shooting movies in space all the time. There's like, like like Disney has a floating like the Disney International Space Station, is, which, which they originally build not to shoot in three in in, in zero G. They originally shoot just to get away from union dues. Yeah, but they we're going kidding, up to the disc for no, the week. There's yeah. no sag in space. Exactly. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, you're gonna get nine dollars for this, but you have to film it in space. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so maybe they're gonna reshoot it when they're like, oh yeah, we just have the space station that we use for filming anyway we've got the the space back lot yeah we're gonna refilm it up there that's probably something that'll happen yeah more with more accurate zero g um that's that is a possibility i mean of all the things technologically that are going to change that would make it better that's like the one Mm. thing you could do that would actually improve on this movie's look is Mm. if they could do longer zero g shots Mm -hmm. i mean there's a lot of different movies about like the first moon land Right, so I'm just wondering, like, is the Apollo 13 story the type of movie, type of story that could get? What like, kind of movies different... are there about Apollo 11? Yeah, there was like First Man that came out a few yeah, years First ago. Man, yeah, Isn't the right stuff about? No, the, the, so the right leader... stuff is about. That's the about. Well, it's leading up to it, but it's about yeah. the Mercury and Gemini programs before it, before the Apollo programs. Um, Hidden Figures is kind of about it. Hmm. I'm assuming um, the new like Buzz Lightyear movie is about this. Yeah, obviously yeah, yeah, that yeah. Buzz Lightyear is about for sure. For sure. Um, 
Yeah. Oh, what's that one? The French movie that's like nine minutes long where they threw, they like shot the moon in its eye. Oh, yeah. yeah Trip that, to the moon. Yeah. yeah. Trip to the moon. Yeah, oh, yeah. There's a Wallace and Gromit, Grand Day Out. Fun fact. I w- almost picked a trip to the moon instead of. Uh, that would have been a Champion. hilarious pick as I, well. But it, it, like. Yeah. It was going to be way that'd harder. Be a tricky move. Yeah. No, the problem is, we, Hunter, we'd have to be so close that it, we would be like, well, we know Hunter is going to get a point. Yeah. If we pick a movie that's older I, than this, I think that's the thing. Is like I think Hunter, I think your plan is you have to recruit and like like I think you, we just we have to feel sorry for you and, and like want you to win. I think this is how Peanut or or, or, or one of us gets our five points and picks a movie from like the forties or something closer. Yeah. No, I, I, I think, think what's going to happen is that I'm going to propose a house rule that if I take us down a certain path. You can't just go back the way we came. Like yeah. if I use the Clint Howard oh. time tunnel oh. to get us into the fifties, you can't just take the Clint Howard tunnel back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say you can't. Well, you I, can't do it. Well, wait. You can't do the. Or you can't do the same path twice. Right. Like so. Uh, is that so, that's so my a goal would rule. be to get you, us in a place where whatever in four movie, moves you can't yeah. get us out of this weird no, no area. Backsies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, definitely no backseas because we're not going to watch the same movie. But I think you might be onto something that you also can't use the same actor two times yeah. in a row. That might. Be- I think. I think that'll because that's why Clint Howard is the the number one pick for where I'm going, um, and it's going to immediately ruin anybody else. You better hope I'm not the first pick because I'm just going to ruin this for well, everybody. Well, or we don't. In, or we don't do this house. This I'll house do another rule. one. How about <laughs> you can also do directly from anything that has Manny Patinkin in it because it's close enough in terms of the name. <laughs> so princess bride whatever anything ain't patinkins can go to patemkin that's good that's good I'm, I'm open to that okay so we're gonna end season three apollo 13 number one with a bullet um is that good or bad um faster than a bullet that's how fast it goes okay that's segment three and now a very brief season four or uh, uh, not say uh, segment four the business <laughs> We're still reading your emails. If you've got any thoughts for us, we'd love to include them. Podcasts at read-weep.com. And we have a couple of uh, a couple of quick things to do. Um, so one, this is, we got an email from Shannon a little while ago who said, uh, Happy New Year. Very much looking forward to the fifth season. I am curious, are you guys still up for reading books or are you solely movies now? I have a few ideas. And I this sounds like kind of a you know thing we discuss in a meeting and respond to. But the reason I bring it up on the air is because the one thing I wanted to just put this out there to the listeners, but one of the things about this game is that it will slightly limit our ability to do something that's ex- extremely current or otherwise important to us. Or, you know, like if we wanted to watch a, a, a Poitier film um, this week in honor uh, of, of his passing, like we can't do that as easily. So I think this season we will have to do some bonuses with me, with whoever is available to try to keep things current and to do so. So we might, we might have some reading to do Shannon as a bonus at some point. So we are open to ideas and thoughts and suggestions as well as possible sponsorships. If you want us to do an episode, but we might do it out of chronology with the game. Yeah. I think you do like a Wayne's world kind of like game off, like, you know, like read a book game on go back. Yeah, we could. Yeah, we could also just do that. We have, you know, one of the things we'll have, cause we're each there's four of us and there's four Thursdays in most months, but there's occasionally fifth Thursdays. So for those days where there's a fifth episode, we're going to have to figure out what we're doing. One, we have a few options. One option might be, that the listeners vote that you guys at home or the meat buddies vote on what move we make from the movie we just watched. And they all either try to help Hunter or hurt him. 
Um, could go either way. Um, you better help me. I need your help. <laughs> does need all the help. Yeah, the world is hurting you enough. Um, so yeah, that, so so we'll have some options for that channel. We'll either have some game offs or some bonus episodes. But um, looking forward to hearing your suggestions. And then the other email I wanted to read this week was from. Oh, from Steve. Okay, so Steve wrote in, you guys, this is going to be interesting to you. I think Steve gave, I think, the the, the definitive answer to our question from several episodes back. So Steve writes, Happy New Year. I was catching up on a recent episode and was intrigued by your question about movies, which were musicals first and then adapted Mm. as non-musicals. It's a hard question because a lot of candidates I thought of initially turned out to have a prior, if lesser known, non-musical film version. So, for example, my first thought was The King and I, 1956 Rodgers and Hammerstein musical, which led to the later non-musical adaptation, Anna and the King, starring Jodie Foster. Mm. However, there was apparently an even earlier non-musical movie in 1944 of the story that predates the musical. So, which I I don't... Did we talk about... um, I think we did at one point... uh, uh, I think we did bring this up before, musicals based on non-musical movies and how that doesn't count. Right. I think we talked about Little Shop of Horrors at one point for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other going back to Steve's letter, other potential candidates have the same issue. Disney made a musical version of the Jungle Book, Peter Pan and Alice in Wonderland, all of which were later remade as non-musical adaptations. But in each case, there was at least one and sometimes several prior non-musical movie versions. You could make the argument that the driving force behind these more recent ad- adaptations is nostalgia for the musical versions. For example, and the King almost certainly doesn't get made if not for the long legacy of the King and I. But it's not, strictly speaking, original musical turned into a non-musical. Okay. However, all of that eliminating options brings de- brings Steve to the, 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 the real answer. I think I found one that actually counts. The original 1977 Pete's Dragon was mm-hmm. a musical and was remade in 2016 as a non-musical. And from what I can find, there are no other versions. So there you go. That is a solid, actual answer. Pete's Dragon musical remade as a non-musical so you're um, telling me that in the history of musical to film adaptations no one has done it except disney has done it twice within five years <laughs> Pete's dragon and mulan yeah is what you're saying i think Wild. that is very possible although steve ends with another category to consider is operas which were later made into movies so Madame mm-hmm. butterfly debuted in 1904 and has since been adapted adapted for non-musical films multiple times there are probably others that fit this category as a lot of old operas and musicals have inspired movies over the years. So that's the only one. So, so the Pete's dragon is one that's like, we know for sure. And Mulan, we know for sure. And other than that, there's like some questionable ones. And maybe if we talk about operas, thanks for another great year of the podcast. Best Steve. So thank you, Steve, oh, for that really thanks, good Steve. answer. Really good answer to that. So I think that's mm-hmm. definitive. I think we can, We, I mean, this could be one of those podcasts where for all of the next year, we're like, oh, there's another one. But I think that was pretty definitive. We might be done with that question. So thank you, Steve. If anybody else has any emails, thoughts, questions, comments on the game, house rule suggestions, um, suggestions of missed plays, let us know. And now to wrap up the business, it's time to figure out what we're going to watch next week and Ooh. whose turn it is. So um, we are going to set... Did we decide if this was going to be the same each month or it was going to change each month? I think it has to be the s- um, I think let's keep it the same for now. 
Each month. Great. Yeah, we'll find out if that sucks. So I am going to do, I've put our four names into cells A1 through 4 in a spreadsheet, and I am going to randomize cells, randomize range, because that will give us the four people in order. So the upcoming order is Ezra picking first, then Alex, (laughs) Anthony, and Hunter. Sorry, buddy. You need, you're going to have a tough time anyway. So put this yeah, but down. it could have instantly made it more difficult for everyone <laughs> <laughs> that's very true so ezra i'm gonna stall for a second while you, oh you might already know no, i know movie. i know you yeah. know what your movie is okay so let me make a note of this first um uh, season five run order all right now without oh, further ado ezra this is oh. weird now because now that i know it wait wait sorry who a second me oh my gosh you right. Oh. <laughs> right, I feel some strategy coming on Ezra. What oh, are you gonna no, do? We need to stall. Okay, don't hold on help a Alex. Don't help Alex. <laughs> oh, so this is a lot weirder now. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna need a minute. Ezra, well, I, Ezra, was, Ezra, oh, you, I already finished stalling for you. You have yeah. you, Ezra. Think about this. Think about this. Let me talk to you real quick. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. need, I'm gonna need so much help. Okay, in order to get my point. So I just want to get dirty right away. If you don't make it uh, make it hard for Alex to get his point, and uh-huh. then I will make sure that it's easier for you to get your point because I go before you. Okay. okay. Can I not make say, really Hunter, you fit. are the setup man for Ezra. Yeah. Can Can I just say I was hoping to get pulled just because I really want an excuse to watch Bill Paxton's Frailty because I haven't seen it in a long time. It's like mm. the one movie he directed. Um. And that'd be kind of fun to watch. Also, Bill Paxton is in U571. So oh, if you wanted shit. to start with the submarine thing. Well, I, we I would also say, Ezra, that both of us wanted to watch the Truman Show anyway. So I think you should just pick it and go with your gut here. No, Come no, on, so Ezra. Because here's the thing. I, I feel like I can't <laughs> I can't set it up for be, to be good this time without actually, I think, helping you win. So I'm yes. just going to do a movie that I want to watch anyway. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so your strategy is to, not, to to hurt me and not to help. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, but I'm going to so, help Ezra. I'm well, going to yeah, help so, Ezra. So, <laughs> great. Um, we're watching. Uh, we're going off of uh, the Paxton route out of this. Okay. Okay. And we're, 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 I still, I think older, like I think more recent stuff is going to help me because like I'm 2004. So yeah, I feel you like, want to go forward in time. Yeah. So we're going to the edge of tomorrow. Um, oh. Edge of Tomorrow. Live, die, repeat. Yes. So um, I don't know this. This is a 2014 Tom Cruise movie. Yeah. Oh, never, the Cruise Muscle forever. Emily, you Blunt? Guys, wait, have you guys never seen this? I've, I've never not. seen it, and I'm so excited. Oh my god, it's fucking rules. Really? It is, yeah, it's one of my favorite Tom Cruise movies. Really? Of all time. Uh, yeah, it's Doug Lineman yeah. directed it. It's based off a of manga. It is fucking great there's a lot of fun fun. routes off of this right so uh you get uh brendan gleason uh uh, as well in addition to emily blunt and tom cruise and bill paxton of course uh um but yeah i I would say this is this is my i think a perfect two-thirds of a movie i will say Um, (laughs) but uh but yeah so um jeremy piven yeah there's some good people in here all right well that is officially the movie um, we're going to be watching next week. We're going to be watching The Edge of Tomorrow from 2014. And we went there from Apollo 13 via Bill Paxton. So we can't use Bill Paxton to get out. So that's the pick for move Bill, number two. The ranking next week's going to be fun. 
Well, yeah, this is going to be interesting. Um, so move number two of Kevin Bacon's Exquisite Corpse 2022. The Edge of Tomorrow starring the cruise missile. Ezra, I'm very happy you picked it. Okay, this good. Very yeah, this good is very good movie. Gonna... Oh, this I is very exciting. Really, really to watch movie. a good movie. All right, that's it for the show. Thank you so much for listening. Please, I would like the feedback feedback as much as possible on the rules we're going to have to keep um, learning as we go. We decided in our all of our meetings, we've gotten way too complicated, so we pared back down to basically like two rules, and we'll argue about it as we go. So we need your feedback along the way to keep this fun. Um, I would also be very open to, if you wanted to pick at home, if you wanted to pick a goal movie and see if you can lobby us to get towards your movie, I would also be, you can play the home game here as well. Mm. Even if you just know you could get there in one move, that would also work. So mm. pick your movie and then let us know if you, you would have gotten there. And we'll talk to you guys next week at the edge of tomorrow. Email us podcast at read-weep.com. Thanks to all the meat buddies who support the show for some reason. Thank you for hanging out, Ezra. Hunter, good to talk to you, buddy. Yeah, I love it. Good luck with your new place. And Anthony, always a pleasure. Always. All right, we'll talk to everyone next week. Goodbye. Season five.